don't even know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and before I get started, I wanted to announce that this is the last podcast episode for the month of June, and I will be going on hiatus until middle to end of July. Also, this episode is going to be a little condensed as I had a super busy weekend, couldn't get through everything. Jumping right in, we had the singles meetup slash charity event at the Metro Court Pool, where it's very clear to me that Spinelli is behind the whole matchmaking service. Britt gets wasted and Brad is filming her making all of these declarations about love and how nothing is right and she's making such a fool of herself when an old school chum of Dante's parachutes in and right away all the ladies think he's cute. He's already interested in Britt. I'm not sure what this guy's gonna have to offer. From his talk with Sam and Dante at Charlie's, it seems like he kind of goes from job to job. Doesn't seem like a stable man. But what I did think was comical was when Cody asked Sam and Dante how they met. Sam decides to go with her ex-husband is best friends with Dante's father. Come on, girl, you don't want to say that you met Sonny first? (laughs) I just thought it was so funny. Like, as soon as somebody asked them, they both look at each other like, um, yeah, I guess this is a little bit weird to explain to people. (laughs) They know it themselves. Also at the charity event, Brooklyn and Chase almost clear the air, and I just hate that this is taking so long, but he has offered to help her fight Link, so maybe we'll get a hookup with that. Maxie and Austin were also at the event, and I'm still not completely into them being a couple. I'm not interested. I don't really care. I would rather see Maxie being a single mom to three kids than to try and keep pairing her up with somebody. I don't think Maxie needs to be paired up with anyone. If she is, I mean, I'd rather it be a cat and mouse game with Maxie and Spinelli. But I don't know. Maybe the writers will work a little harder on that for me. (laughs) All in all, I loved the charity event. I thought Britt was hilarious. Brad was being a typical best friend filming the whole thing. And Spinelli is trying so hard to reestablish himself in Port Charles. We also wrapped up the trial this week, and Nina has no legal rights to Wiley, which I love. I hope Nina goes cray-cray again, like she's been before. When she's been backed into a corner, she has gone off the wall, and I want to see that again. I want Sonny to see the woman he left his family for. I want Port Charles to see how Nina has not really redeemed herself at all. Sonny was not present for the end of the trial, but he does go to Charlie's and tells Phyllis about what happened. She has to let Sonny know Scott already called the bar and they discussed it. Sonny is looking for Nina. He has Brick trail her. I can't stand it. He goes to Nell's grave where he finds the dumb half-heart necklace. I just, I, I hate this. I hate it all. Sonny is staring at the grave of the woman who pretended to sleep with him, break up his family, put his wife in a mental institution. Like, he's staring at that grave and he's like, let me go find the mother of this person. I just, it's too much for me. And if I have to hear one more time how great Nixon Falls was between Sonny, Phyllis, and Nina, like, I'm gonna start fast-forwarding their scenes. I just can't take the Nixon Falls was great stuff anymore. Meanwhile, we had a temp Michael bringing it in these scenes at the courthouse. What a great recast. 
Carly does decide to keep all mother secrets to herself, she doesn't even tell Drew, which surprised me. I mean, good on her. I believe it was Kiki Jerome that said three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead, so it's best that Carly doesn't involve anyone else in the secret. But she still should have told Willow in private and let Willow decide what she wants to do with that information. I can't imagine that as soon as she finds out, Willow's going to rush right over to Nina and say, Hi, Mommy, here's your grandson. (laughs) But I guess that's just my opinion. The best takeaway line from the trial scenes was Willow saying to Nina, you are not worthy of Wiley. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it all. And I thought Willow was great during this trial. Some people thought she was a little bit harsh, but Willow needs to be a little bit harsh. We need to see that part of her that was present at Shiloh's trial when she was trying to hide Wiley from Shiloh before we found out Wiley was really Nell's. That also makes me so mad how Brad could have spoken up during that, but that's, you know, years ago, so we're going to try and (laughs) let that be in the past. While everyone was at the courthouse, Jocelyn was babysitting Wiley at the park, and she decides to take him back to the courthouse where they find out that Milla won the court case, and Jocelyn is so thrilled. Wiley was holding his own in these scenes, and I can see this kid being a catalyst for stories for months to come, maybe even years. On the other side of Port Charles, we have Esme and Nicholas going all the way. I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, I could, but I couldn't. (laughs) We all knew it was going to happen. We all knew it. And as soon as she started to walk away and Nicholas says, you're always welcome in my house. I knew it right then and there. I was like, it's going to happen. This is when it's going to (laughs) happen. So while they were, I don't know, basking in afterglow, so gross, um, Ava and Spencer come home and they almost catch Nick and Esme almost but they got away with it so earlier Ava was at the shooting range and I think that was some foreshadowing for Ava's battle with Ryan and with Esme Uh, same with Laura and Anna and Valentine when they showed up all at different times I think that this was all foreshadowing for their battles with their enemies like Ava versus Ryan Esme Lara, maybe versus Ryan, but more so versus Victor, and Anna and Valentine. I'm still not sure what side Valentine is on. I'll get to that a little later. So Spencer and Esme are going to stay at Windermere. That's the new plan. Ava's going to give him some money, but he has to stay at Windermere so he can, quote, work things out with Nicholas. And Esme was trying to start a fake relationship with Nicholas behind the scenes, like she wanted it to be more of like an affair instead of just a hookup. But when Ava tells Nicholas she wants to give marriage another try, Nicholas tells Esme what happened between us can never happen again. And Esme looked very disappointed because she wants to get caught. Her goal is to blow up Nick and Ava. That's what she's doing here. And what she's doing with Spencer, I don't know. But her end game is to break up Nick and Ava. And if you have seen me on Twitter, you'll know that I hope Ava takes everything from Nicholas. According to their prenup, if one of them cheats, the other gets everything. (laughs) My favorite line from these scenes was Ava looking at Nicholas and telling him, You look nervous, Nicholas. And I said, Yes, he does, Ava. Mind asking him why? I also want to point out that Alfred would never let this buffoonery go on in this castle. So back to Valentine for a little bit. He made a little dig at Ava in the shooting range saying that she is about to trade up Nicholas for Victor. And I thought that was great because that may actually be the way we take Victor down. 
Maybe Ava will either have to pretend to break up with Nicholas, or they will actually have to break up, and then she can slither on over to Victor and find out what his plans are. When Ava left the shooting range, Anna showed up, and her and Val have a really cute moment, a little competition between the two, and they're about to have a date night until Victor calls Valentine. Again, no new information on this. How is Valentine working with Victor? And is it for himself? Like, is Valentine only doing this for Valentine? Or is he trying to take Victor down? I still don't know. I still don't have any clues. They haven't, to my knowledge, shown the audience any more clues. But I'm waiting for more. I love the Cassidine stuff. I am just on the edge of my seat waiting for Victor to drop some big bomb. I want to see Victor go to some weird place where maybe Holly is kept hostage. Or maybe Luke and Holly are there. Or you know what? I heard that the CW might cancel Roswell, New Mexico. So maybe Ethan will come back. (laughs) I loved Ethan's character. I kind of wish he never left. But I understand actors have to go do other things. But I hope we do get Ethan back for a little bit. I think that'd be great. So at first, Spencer texted Cameron that things are not going well with Esme. So Cameron rushes over to Windermere and had great scenes with Spencer, yelling at him that Spencer better take care of this or Cameron's going to tell Jocelyn. And he almost did. But now Spencer has to make nice with Esme to keep his plan. So he does. But I think Esme is just playing everyone. I think she's playing half this castle. It's just getting very complicated. But as we saw, by the time Cameron got back to his summer job at the Metro Court Pool, Spencer texted him that everything is a go with Esme, so he doesn't have to tell Jocelyn anything. Jocelyn does show up at the pool to visit Cameron, and look who tagged along behind them. Joshua Bernard's character, Adam. So at first, it gets a little heated. Cameron's about to go over there, but Jocelyn says, okay, let me handle this, and she does. Adam decided to apologize, and because of her and Cameron's article, it helped him see that she was the victim and not the perpetrator of the video. Like, you had to read an article about that. Like, you couldn't have just trusted a girl that you met in class. Like, you had to read her article. I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way, but in order for us to keep the actor Joshua Bernard on the show, we have to have his character apologize so we can see him again. If he never apologized, he would just be an enemy, and they usually don't last long in the soap world, unless you get redeemed. And during all of those scenes, Trina was hanging out with new cop Rory, and they're really cute on the doorstep until Taggart comes out. (laughs) He was visiting Portia. So the family invites Rory in and Taggart grills him about hanging out with Trina and I loved it. I wish we got more Taggart, honestly. When the men leave, Portia and Trina have the cutest mother-daughter moment and come on, Trina deserves some wins. She needs to win this trial. We need to, if we can't prove Esme did it, we at least have to prove Trina did not do it. I'd rather it be an ongoing investigation clearing Trina's name than to have Trina do it any time at all. I don't want her to have community service. I don't want to have to have her pay reparations or any of that jazz. I just want Trina's name cleared. She deserves it. And one small thing to end this very short podcast here. So Chris Van Etten, who portrays Chet Driscoll, is leaving GH. So that must be why the Chet and Terry story went nowhere. But at least we got to see Terry starting a relationship and knowing the actress can handle that type of story because I love this storyline. And I think I've said multiple times before, I really like Terry's character. 
She's very calm. She's a good mediator. It's clear she's a good doctor when she had all of that uh, Oscars cancer story. I mean, that was wonderful. She was great during all of that. I just hope that maybe we get her involved in Liz's story. Again, I think I said last week, I think Terry and Finn could combine forces to help Liz. And I think that would be a really good story. But I don't know. I I think the hospital could use a story. It's been a little while. I mean, I know we had Cyrus and his drugs going through the hospital, but I felt like we didn't spend as much time there. But either way, we do still have some gears turning. There's lots of stories that are being flushed out, some slow, some quick. (laughs) And I know I won't be on this platform for a little bit, but I wanted to tell you guys how grateful I am that you listen, and I will still be watching all the action from 66 Harborview Road. Until July, catch me on Twitter at 66 underscore view, Instagram at 66 Harborview Road, and TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road. From the Quartermain Foyer, I bid you a great few weeks.